Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Leading Coaches Center Mastermind Call. I'm Susie Pomerantz, the founder of the Leading Coaches Center, and I am delighted to have with us today Josh Fry, the swag coach, and I'm going to introduce him further in a few minutes, but I just want to start off and let everyone know that if you want to mute yourself during the call, it's star six to mute, and then when you want to talk and engage with us, it's star six to unmute. And the call is being recorded and will be posted in the Leaders Clubhouse, as always, under the Mastermind Live page. Um, and we're on the Facebook page, Leading Coaches Center on Facebook, if you want to interact with us there. I've posted already um, an article that Josh was in in the Wall Street Journal recently and um, a few other a link to his company and things like that. So we'll um, try and get some other things posted during the call. And you can also post questions or comments there as well, if you'd wish. And uh, I just want to take a few minutes to check in around the room. Whoever wants to say hello, let us know. Um, let us know your name, where you coach, who you coach, and what you help them to do. If you want to just do a quick little intro and say hello, who would like to check in? Hi, Susie. This is Joyce. I think most of us forgot we are on mute. <laughs> this is my yeah. name is Joyce Odidison, and I'm based out in. Canada or Central Canada, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I work with corporations and I help them to provide a wide range of strategies to deal with interpersonal dynamics in their workplace. Wonderful. Thank you, Joyce. Who else would like to tell us where you coach, who you coach, what you help them to do? Hi, welcome to the call. Who just joined us? Hello, welcome to the call. Okay, somebody's shy. <laughs> All right, so we're just doing a quick little intro around the room. Anyone who wants to check in, say who you are, where you coach, who you coach, what you help them to do, this is your chance to say hello before I introduce Josh. It's Fred Mail, based in Baltimore, coach uh, executives, managers on setting priorities and uh, dealing with the people around them in their workplace. Anyone else want to check in and say hello? Okay, fine. We've got shy people today. All right, so I'm going to jump right in then and introduce Josh. And I am so excited to have Josh with us today. I first met Josh through um, a networking group here in the D.C. area called Cadre. And um, welcome to the call. I'm just introducing Josh, and then we'll let you check in in a minute. Um, so I, I, Josh is um, – he's called the Swag Coach. He's the founder of a company called On Sale Promos, and he is a true entrepreneur. So this is a guy who has had a number of businesses. Um, his first business was called Granny's Goodies, and he started that in 1994 and then happily retired from that in 2004. He was working with his brother, Seth, and then – he says that after 10 years of being business partners with his brother, he can now run a clinic on what it takes to get back to being brothers with your brother <laughs> after working together in a business. Um, and he is uh, he says that he's never worked for anyone since graduating from college in 1993, where he majored in history and Hebrew, the perfect winning combination for dominating the business world. Um, he's an active member of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and in 2010, he was the president of the Washington, D.C. chapter. And if you don't know about EO, 
It's comprised of about 8,000 members. It's small business owners whose companies average $8 million in revenues. Um, and, it, and he's actually um, really – I'm really intrigued for him to share with you today what he does as the swag coach because it's definitely something that can help those of us who are looking to add revenue streams to our business um, to really have another way of serving our clients in a different way that would complement what we're already doing and also um, add more revenue to our own bottom lines. So um, I don't know if I've hit all the right highlights. Josh, do you want to add some more to that? I'm just so delighted you're here. Thank you for being with us. No, no, I appreciate you having me. I'm, uh, I'm, that's uh, a better intro than uh, I've ever had, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, did you? Was, was there anybody anybody else that was going to be introduced, or are we jumping right in? Yeah. So whoever just joined the call, if you want to check in and say hi, let us know you're here. We'd love to hear your voice. And if you're on mute, you can unmute yourself to check in and say hi. Okay. I think we're ready to jump right in, Josh. Okay, cool. Well, Susie, I really appreciate you uh, you taking the time to have me on this call today, and I appreciate everybody for taking the time out of the schedule to uh, to listen to the very little uh, value that I'm going to bring to the table here. But uh, you know, kind of being an entrepreneur since I graduated from college in in '93, um, I've learned a ton about business over the years, and um, and I thought. Um, Maybe what I can bring to the table is you all each have your own businesses with coaching uh, corporations or just uh, people and executives in general is some uh, strategies and tidbits for ways that I've gone about adding revenue streams to my own business and, and adding value to those relationships in the process, but doing it in a way that it still keeps me focused on my business um, but allows me to kind of earn some residual income, and I'll talk a little bit about that. So. Um, just a real quick uh, a background on, uh, on on kind of what I do. So uh, the SWAG Coach uh, training program and coaching program is basically a program that is a spinoff or part of my main company, On Sale Promos. So we're a traditional promotional products business. We um, we sell pens and mugs and logoed stuff uh, to companies and and organizations around the world. Um, we all uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, industry uh, and not so interesting industry all at the same time. It's not so interesting because it's a very commoditized and highly competitive industry. There are really no barriers to entry. So we have over 20,000 companies in the U.S. and Canada alone and over 250,000 salespeople uh, that I compete with. Um, and I'd say about 85 to 90% of us share the exact same supply chain. So you really kind of have to get creative with how to sell product and make money um, in a very commoditized business, and, and that's kind of where some of the added revenue streams have come into place and how I've shaken up my business a bit, which I'll talk about. Uh, but in essence, the SWAT Coach uh, training and coaching program is teaching people um, how to start a career in the promotional products industry and how to teach them how to sell promotional products and set up their own business. Kind of like a franchise, we call it more of a licensing program. Um, and basically, the way I um, earn money from the business is uh, through a three-pronged uh, revenue approach. One is I, do a, I charge a training fee, and it's a one-time training fee. And the second thing I do is I, I charge a monthly coaching fee, 
And then the third part is I earn a piece of each sale that uh, our licensees sell. Um, unlike a lot of franchises or let's call them franchise or even licensing programs where it's a top line, you, the, the franchisor, if you will, or the, the manager of that program makes money off the top line, but we make money off the bottom line. So we're actually sitting on the same side of the fence as the licensees or our reps, if you will, that are out there selling products. So when I go and coach um, one of my licensees, the strategy is to sell and sell profitably because if I've got somebody out there that sells a million dollars worth of goods with no margin, not only do they not make money, but neither do I. So we're really sitting on the same side of the fence. And, um, and that model really works for me because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not just about making money. For me, I really want to, and, and I believe in my heart of hearts, I'm a true entrepreneur, and I want to spawn entrepreneurship and help people, you know, kind of have their own uh, independence and create their own, um, their own wealth doing it themselves and not, uh, not limited to, to working for somebody or, or, or what have you. So, and and I'm, I'm assuming that resonates with everybody on the phone because everybody basically works for themselves, right, Susie? Yeah, for the most part, yep. Okay, cool. And I know that the topic is really adding revenue, um, adding revenue streams. So let me kind of jump in uh, to, to it and, uh, and, and talk a little bit uh, a little bit about about that, um, and, and by, by kind of sharing a story. So when when I started up my business um, back in my first business back in in 1994, um, it was really like boxing someone with your hands tied behind your back and your feet tied together. I mean, I had no resources, no money, no experience, and no contacts, and I was trying to figure things out all along the way. And so. The, great, the good news was is that I learned a ton about business. I learned a ton about, about everything from sales and marketing to operations and hiring and firing, all these different kind of components of business. Um, but it was very, very, very painful. And uh, I remember in 2000, uh, after about six years of grinding it out, my brother and I had, uh, had taken the business from my parents' basement to uh, two 10,000-square-foot warehouses two 10,000-square-foot warehouses. We had about 40 full and part-time employees. Uh, we were a very seasonal business, and uh, we would do – so my first business was called Granny's Goodies, and we would do – basically, we started doing care packages for college students. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's a big thing in Canada. I know we have someone from Canada on the phone or not. But, you know, especially during the holiday season, we would do a lot of corporate gifts, like gift baskets and cookie tins and stuff like that. And this was before 9-11, where people were really kind of spending a lot of money year-end gifts and, and what have you. And so our business was really, really seasonal. And uh, we would do about, um, about uh, I guess, about 60% of our business, uh, 60 or 70% of our business in the, in the fourth quarter. And I remember we were coming off our best November and December in our history back in 2000. We had done, um, I think, about $600,000 in sales during those two months. And I was feeling really, really good about myself. And uh, usually at the end of the year, we had our, account, our accountant come into uh, our office, kind of look at our numbers, tell us how we did. And I'm just all excited for him to come in and, like, tell us how great we were and feeling great about myself. And so that's kind of when I had my, my come-to-Dean moment, if you will. Dean was our accountant. And he's the, your typical accountant. He doesn't mince words. And I said, so, hey, Dean, how uh, we did pretty well, huh? 
we're, we're, we're finally, we're, you know, kind of breaking out of this, uh, this struggle. And he like turned to me without missing, without missing a beat. And he's like, I wouldn't want to own your business. And it was just like this dagger through my heart. You know, I've been like busting my ass for like six years trying to like take this business from one level to the next. And, and, uh, and at first it really was painful. And then I realized he's right. Like, I don't want to own this business. This business sucks. And so at that point, I, I really took a step back and tried to figure out, and, um, and this is kind of where, it, where my business is today, trying to figure out what are the parts of the business I like to do and then what are the parts I, I hate and outsource the rest. And so my business, if you fast forward to today, is a completely outsourced business model. I actually don't have any employees. Um, I've got eight full-time licensees. That are that operate on their under their own business. I have contracts with each of them, which require them to place their business through me and, and for me to coach them. And I'm trying to build out a network now of 300. Um, and so I've taken the parts of the business that I like, which are sales and marketing, and dealing with the people on the front end, and outsourcing the rest. So if anybody, for example, who places an order on our website or places an order with us in general. We'll handle the relationship, help the client figure out what the products are that they want, lock in the pricing, and then we throw it over the fence. I mean, everything else is handled by our back office partner. All the accounting, all the, all the uh, order processing and customer service, uh, any sort of uh, financial stuff. And so for me, I've just kind of focused on the parts of the business that I've enjoyed. And now I've tried to focus on ways to kind of add to the business. And so... And this kind of ties in with the overall theme of this call, um, which is really kind of adding revenue streams. You know, for me, the SWAT Coach program is one of a variety of different revenue streams that I've added. Um, and basically, by, in, by being in a very transactional business, you know, most of the time my competitors would say, hey, you can't, there is no residual income to be earned in the promotional products business. And uh, that's because it's a highly transactional business. You know, we are, even though we're still a small business in the grand scheme of business, you know, we process thousands of orders a year because it's so transactional. And the, and the trick in, in, in any business, at least in the product business for us, is to take it from a luxury item to a supply item. And so we, we've done that, and in the, in the process, added revenue streams. And, and really the process that, that we went through was a pretty simple question. I'm sure that everyone can ask their respective client or has asked their prospective client, which is, what else do you buy? What else are you spending your time on? You know, where are you, where, where, where are you what line items in the budget are you responsible for? And, and I did that with my, with my clients. So just to give you an example, um, we work with um, – with a lot of uh, property management companies, uh, real estate investment trusts, and companies that manage portfolios of apartment buildings. And we would do more luxury items like um, gifts when new residents move into the building or um, gifts when they renew their lease, just marketing gifts to try to get people in this, and to stay. Um, and so we built the, the relationship with the buyer who is the regional marketing director who also buys advertising, who also buys uniforms, who also buys signage. And so we started to go from luxury items like moving gifts 
to actual supply items like maintenance uniforms, like fair housing signage, like doormats and flags with the logo. So, and then what we did is we started to transition from a transactional business one at a time to actually setting up these online stores where the company and any of their any of their employees could go online to buy the product. So, kind of to bring it all together by simply asking our client what are the other things that they're buying, asking for a chance to bid on it, partnering with some best-in-class suppliers who do a really good job with uniforms, who do a great job with, with order processing. It allowed me to go and sell a program and then throw it over the fence. And so I have a client, for example, today um, where we do an online store for the uniforms and the promotional products and, and some of the luxury stuff, and, uh, and it's a it's $75,000 a year program, and the orders go from the website directly to my back office partner. I'm just looking at copies of the orders. I don't actually have to do anything other than make sure that uh, they're paying me the right amount on the on those types of a program on those types of programs. Um, so, Susie, I've been talking a lot, and I don't know if I'm boring people or not, but I thought maybe. If anybody had any questions or if there were any clarification points you wanted me to make before I kind of keep diving in. Yeah, so let's open it up. What um, d Does anybody have any questions thus far for Josh? Because I know I have a few, but I want to see um, – I want to open it up to you guys first. And if you're muted, just star six to unmute yourself so you can ask your questions. Jeff, this is um, Joyce from Canada. And can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Um, I don't have like um, we run a consulting firm, so we have uh, products and we have models and we have instruments that we're looking at providing as licensing for. Uh, I I don't see the connection, so I'm just curious as to if you could. Um, draw the, the connection between our work, um, those of us who have uh, products that, service products, not necessarily retail products of us, I guess at the end. I'm not quite sure if you're understanding what I'm saying. Can, can you give me an example like of, uh, of a, so are you reselling other people's products? No, our own product. So my own product okay. and uh, part of our business plan is to provide some licensing for other professionals to be able to use our products and use our model and, and some of our tools and resources. So that, I'm, I'm not sure if I can draw the reference between what you're saying with the retail and how that would work for those of us who are in this line of work. So is your, is your client, are you trying, to, so aren't, so who are you reselling that product to? Versus, it's not you're not reselling that product. You're reselling it to like other coaches to kind of use your your process to go out and find new clients with. Yes, we have a, a process that other coaches who are not yet working in the corporate realm can use uh, our tools to go out and provide additional services, broaden their own. Um, network. So, for instance, a coach may be going in and working with only the uh, the executives in the organization, or maybe uh, just working, you know, once in a while with a few coaches. What we provide is a tool that sort of broadens the the scope of those they can work with. 
and provide an ROI for their organization. So how, for their client organization, so how would we, um, is there a, is there a link or are there, um, can we use your experience to, can you make more of a, a distinct reference between Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you a question. How many people do you offer, how many people are you providing these tools to? We're just planning on starting to license and we haven't provided any actual, well, we have in a sense, being provided training, and, not, and the, the people who have been training with us and are certified with us have, of course, automatically, they are now licensed to use our products and our models, and we're getting the positive feedback. And, but this is here where we are in Canada. So we're thinking, hey, this works great. How do we now provide it to a broader market uh, through the Internet, through other coaches globally? who can now use these tools and resources. So in the sure. or who are already certified or uh, probably looking at bringing coaching so, more. So we're looking at mediators, we're looking at coaches because we we on that broad realm of interpersonal. Sure. So I, I, I got a couple thoughts here and um, let me know if I'm answering your question. So for my own product, let's let's kind of put my stuff to the side a second, but you know, to me, it looks like two opportunities. One is with your, with the people you've trained and or the people you're going to train online, who are those people? This is more of a rhetorical question. Who are those people and what other companies want access to those people that you could partner with and add on and, and get a piece of the sale if they sell to those people? So, for example, um, you know, let's say they're all independent um, independent coaches or business owners and they're trying to figure out an, on, an internet marketing strategy to, to, to drive leads to their website. Again, I don't, I don't know. And so you've got a company that specializes in internet marketing and driving traffic to sites and you give them or you, you basically partner up with them and endorse them to your network and anytime they get, a, they get business, you get a piece of the sale. You're adding value to the relationship and making money by just connecting people. Um, then there's the other side of it, which is actually your 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 current clients. I'm 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 assuming that you also work with. I don't I don't know if you were the person that said you do interpersonal dynamics and working with corporations. Is that you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so I don't know who your clients are in corporations, but then to kind of find out from them what are the what are they? You probably know this. Like what are they? Where are they spending their time and where are their pain points and what are they buying or, or, or hiring for? And then, like, let's say, for example, um, uh, let's say, for example, there's, uh, you know, someone is trying to do, um, is, is struggling dealing with some executive hiring and you're helping them set up a system and it, in, it includes, like, the, you know, like predictive in, index services or things like that. You know, are you familiar? I'm sure you do. You know what I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so you would you would partner with a service like that. You would incur, you know, talk. Obviously, your 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 role is to find best in class boutique kind of services that really do a bang up job that are going to add value to the client relationship. And then in the process, you're going to earn a little piece of the sale that comes with it if your client buys. Is that I don't know if that's answering. 
You know, Josh, I love, this is Susie, and I love what you're pointing to because it's something that I think the coaching world at large has been clamoring to understand and embrace, which is really a more collaborative model that, um, because what you're pointing to is really a collaboration, that you're kind of curating a collaboration between your clients and their other needs and other partners that you can connect with to provide those needs where it's a win all around because the clients get other resources, um, you know, they get their needs met in other ways, and you get a piece of the pie for making that connection and making that introduction, and then it becomes a collaborative opportunity to to replicate that in other places. Is that am I getting yeah, that right? That that yeah, that's right. Look, let me let me give you a quick example. So like, um, we also work with a lot of event planners. Event planners by you know, badge holders and um, registration bags and things like that for big conferences. We've all seen that. So those same event planners also may actually outsource the logistics around the event planning depending on if they're if they have a small organization and they're a nonprofit versus a larger organization where they have it in-house. They also are going to outsource the event production, you know, the staging, the lighting, the sound, and all the stuff that goes into like a big general assembly kind of event. And so what we did is we partnered with basically a kick-ass event planning company and a kick-ass event production company, and we partnered up and just collaborated. And so when I would go in and talk to my event planner, I would just naturally ask, hey, in addition to the registration bags, who's handling the logistics? I've got somebody that's, you know, done work at, you know, for the White House, for this, blah, 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 would you be interested in a connection? You know, who's handling the event production? Oh, well, the hotel usually does. Well, this company will save you, you know, 20 to 30%. They own their own equipment, blah, 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 blah. So not only is there an opportunity to generate additional revenue streams simply by mentioning it, you know, last year uh, I earned about $20,000 just by bringing those relationships together, but it also becomes a lead generating tool for your own business, you know, because these people are talking to those same buyers and if you get them to ask about the promotional product, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and so help us understand, so in our coaching businesses when we're talking to executives and leaders, help us understand how we might partner with, um, with your company. So when would they need uh, promotional items? How would we engage that conversation? How might we make that connection to you, right? Because I know that that's not something I'm normally in there asking them, right? I'm not normally asking my executive clients, what else are you guys looking to buy? What else are you guys up to? What do you have coming up? So what are the kinds of ways that we might um, shift ourselves to listen for the opportunity to create a collaborative partnership with, for example, your company, as well as this as a model for partnering with other companies too? Sure, sure. And th thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Um, well, I think one of them could be any sort of, if you have any sort of uh, culture-related discussion. So they could be on somebody rolling out a new, you know, a new theme for the year to motivate employees and staff or a recognition program based on loyalty service or any of those types of HR-related, if it's a recruiting program with a theme, there are usually products that the company will buy to support that, whether they're, you know, welcome new employee products like, you know, uh, computer bags with the logo 
or if they're in a you know security oriented place and you you know they need you know badges and, and name tags or things like that. If there's any sort of incentive trips that they run for their sales team, usually those include promotional products and um, and these types of items. And then um, on the marketing side, if there's any sort of a new branding or new campaigns to promote the company's brand and they're doing a trade show tour or exhibit, if they're doing any sort of event where they're putting their brand out there or their salespeople or marketing team is putting their brand out there, then those are all opportunities where people buy promotional products. And we've got an affiliate program set up where it's really just a question of if this was a fit for your business and you wanted to try it out, you could literally just say, hey, look, on, on my site, which is something we're doing, is here's a list of you know tested partners and resources we endorse because we've used them and love them and blah, blah, blah. And if you put our little banner up there and they, you direct your client, they click through it, they can go to our site, search on 750,000 different products, order it online, we'll, we'll help them with ideas and any sort of order that comes through. Uh, we pay 5% of the sale. Yeah, that's great. So that's not normally something that I've thought about before meeting you, obviously. It's not something that I've thought about before in terms of coaching. And I really like the not only the opportunity of it, right, because corporate clients are always doing things like that. And to have the opportunity to say, hey, you know, it, it just expands our offering as a coach to be able to say, hey, we partner with someone who does that. We partner with a great company. We partner with the best company at that. We can get you a deal. We can work something out. You know, I, I think to be able to have that additional offering to our clients expands our credibility in a way. Um, and I think to the extent that we can make those connections um, not only with a company like yours, Josh, but also perhaps with other, I think it, it helps us expand our thinking, like what other kinds of things do our executives need to have handled and how can we, through our relationships, um, find ways to, to network them together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let me, uh, I'm, without, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, I'll tell you one, I'll give you a, an example of, of somebody out there who has a coaching business who is absolutely killing it. <clears throat> this guy has actually been coaching me on on the swag coach model. Um, because, and what Mark does, he is, a, he is a coach who has a coaching system for chiropractors. Um, Susie, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, but basically yeah. he is – I did? Yeah, you did. Okay. Do you know, should I talk about this or not really? Yeah, no, this is great. It's, it's always oh, okay. great to have a panel. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what he did and, you know, like what I, even we do to an extent is really focus on an industry niche. Again, I don't know the people that are on the call if there's any sort of an, a niche – you know, where there's certain specific types of corporations in Canada, Joyce, that you're working with, and are there, can, you know, are you the expert with these types of corporations? I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know your business, but what Mark did with Breakthrough is he is a chiropractor who, um, who basically has a has a how to run your business model for chiropractors, and he coaches chiropractors who are good at being chiropractors, not always good at being business people, on how to 
all different components of running a, a, a an efficient business from dealing with their front desk people to filings with the insurance companies and marketing and drive and building up your client base, all these different kinds of things. So he's very focused and he makes money through a variety of different revenue streams. The bulk of his money is made from people who pay him a fee to be a member, like a membership fee, and he has about 800 chiropractors around the country. He does, he makes he makes uh, an income from the um, so he makes money from the membership fees, and then he makes he gives up money to coaches who have been through the program, so who have basically been his members who have done really well, and he then trains the trainer, if you will, and they go out and coach other people. Um, he does seminars in strategic regional locations to try to bring new people in where he makes a little bit of money. But where he also makes a, a nice chunk of change is by partnering or alliances with companies, products and services, whatever, that chiropractors use. And every time, you know, they pay him an advertising fee and then they pay him a percentage of the sale. So he's got a very captive audience. I don't know what your captive audience is or how large it is. And then he's figured out who wants to, to reach that captive audience and what does that captive audience want and then he brings the two together. That's great. I just posted um, the link to his site on the Leading Coaches Center Facebook page so if you want to go find that you can see um, it's Mark Santa, right? So that's the guy you're talking Correct. about? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Good, I got the right one. <laughs> and, he, and he also does, I mean, it's easy, you know, like he does, a, he does a lot of online stuff. He does webinars and videos and and there's an e-classroom with tons of different tutorials and what have you, and that's all stuff we're, we're setting up. And so any sort of an online center like you have, Susie, where you can add more resources and then more members who then you can add more products and services to sell them, then obviously that's first and foremost of value and effect to, to your member base. But I would think those would be ways that would work in any business. Yeah, it's always great to have models to look at to understand, you know, ways to expand the business, add revenue to the business. And think of coaching as a business. I think oftentimes we get lulled into um, just sort of doing what we do day to day and focusing on the craft of coaching or the practice of coaching. And um, I think we all need to think more like entrepreneurs and look at it as a business and what are the business models that people are doing successfully around the industry. And so I love that you shared the example of Mark. And, and again, that's um, part of why I love hearing what you're doing. And um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about your Swag Coach program and how, your, how that system works so that perhaps if we know people, we can um, send your way for that too. That's just something useful for us to know about. Yeah, yeah, and, and this may be a topic worth discussing. I mean, for me, I'm uh, uh, it's a it's a new program, and it's new. So we've you know the licensees that we've signed up are are all across the board. Um, you know, I have um, these are people that are are looking for second careers or new careers or even you know additional income. Um, but really, what what the program is. Is you know teaching people how to start a career in the wonderful world of selling swag, and there's definitely a process to doing that once you're kind of once you learn about the products and 
You know, and that's kind of the part of the business I like. I'm into the sales strategy. I'm into the different ways to skin the cat, and that's what I coach on. So, you know, we have weekly calls with each of our licensees. We talk, we talk about, you know, what are the deals that they're working on, what are the ones that are lingering, how to close those deals, creative ways to get your foot in the door, and ways to kind of leverage your network. Um, and we actually do this playbook, and I'm happy to share it if anybody's interested, where it's kind of like best practices for kind of staying top of mind with clients and prospects. And it's not just, here's our new product, do you want to buy it? It's like, find an article of interest that's related to their industry, copy the link, send it to them, thought of you. I mean, these are pretty basic things. I'm sure everyone does it, but they work. Um, hooking people up by connecting them with resources and other people outside of what we do in terms of our own services. I mean, I literally will say to people, it's kind of like my party line. It's like, I may be a lonely tchotchke peddler, but believe it or not, I know a lot of people just because I'm part of this entrepreneur's network. If you ever have a need related to your job or work or what, what have you, just keep me on your short list. I'm happy to try to cast the net to people I know. And um, what that does is it not only allows me the opportunity to kind of stay top of mind, but it also keeps me in the know about what are the what are the pain points for that client, and there are opportunities that maybe I can actually capitalize and service that they didn't even realize I could help them with. That's kind of how I got a uniform uh, program to begin with. Um, but but uh, in terms of the the Swag Coach program. Um, I'm 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 in the process of just trying to figure out you know where where those people are coming from you know is it an added revenue stream for an existing business I'm talking with somebody who specializes in trade show exhibit booths and is looking to do it as an add-on revenue stream uh, because he's already got you know 150 Fortune 500 companies that utilize his service and it's the same buyer um, I've got I'm going out to St Louis on Friday to actually sit down with our newest licensee who's a retired uh, Major League Baseball player who's looking for a second career. Um, I've got a, a, a woman who used to work in high tech who's now coming out of the stay-at-home mom phase of her career and looking to get back into the workforce and wanting to kind of own her own thing and do her own thing. So it's a wide array of different types of people that I'm talking with. And uh, certainly if uh, anybody out there knows um, people that fit, fit those types of profiles would love a chance to talk to them because I'm literally selling a business in a box. And what I'm doing is something that I do every day. It's a model that I use and I support my family and lifestyle with. So I know it works. And it's just a question of finding people that are good connectors and have good um, uh, they're, they're good at leveraging relationships to, and to capitalize on them. So That's great. I love that. Um, and I had posted on the Facebook page earlier the blog post about um, that you called a winning strategy being a resource and connector to your clients, which is really what you were just talking about. But if you guys wanted to read more about it, there's a blog post on the Leading Coaches Center Facebook page. Um, that Josh wrote that you can go to. So what? let's pause here for a moment and see what questions uh, do people have for Josh as you're thinking about how to apply this to your business? Is this making sense? What, what questions do you have? 
It sounds to me like I've really knocked people's socks off with the uh, with the information. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are on mute trying to eat lunch. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm. I you're just making my head spin because I'm thinking about all of the ways that I've been so focused on, you know, just selling coaching services or just um, serving my existing clients that I realize I've been leaving a lot of opportunities um, behind, you know, and so now my head is spinning thinking about how how can I engage in these other conversations to expand um, what service I can provide to my clients by making these connections and hooking them up with people and, you know, how do you structure that to be an additional revenue stream as opposed to, um, well, actually, that's really kind of a question I have for you, Josh, right? So uh, looking at, I've always been good at, you know, if somebody asks me, do you know anybody who, I will go through my Rolodex and think about who I know and make the connection and do it just out of goodwill. How do you transition from, you know, just being generous with your connections to exploring the opportunity of having that be an additional revenue stream for your business for making that connection? How do you engage in that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think delicately because you don't want to come off as cheesy or, or um, unprofessional. And so usually that's something that's kind of handled, obviously, well, obviously it's handled without the without your client either knowing or being involved. But um, what we typically do is, you know, I'll hook people up and pay it forward, no problem, one time, maybe two times. But if I see it's a recurring need that the client uh, has and I've connected somebody directly to that client, then I'll set up almost a strategic alliance or referral agreement with that company or that, or that partner just laying out very basic terms like, you know, we'll, uh, we need a quarterly report. It, it, and it's a mutual, it's always a mutual uh, agreement. So it's not like I'm just hooking you up and you need to pay me for people I've connected you with. You make it so it goes both ways to kind of get the spirit of working together and partnering up there. And, and it literally just lays out, you know, a two-pager. Here's the terms in terms of like if we sell X amount of dollars, We'll, we'll usually do it based on the sliding scale up because the more they help facilitate, whether it's a referral to you or you to them, then the more you earn or they earn. But it's all based on volume, whatever that product or service is. Um, that's really basically how, how we've done it. Uh, the other opportunity would be just to look or talk to your client about what are some of those what are some of those um, other services or products that they're utilizing or for their, for their own job or needs, and then to go and scour around for affiliate programs that you can participate in and sign up for and uh, to capitalize on. And it seems to me that a lot of this would be dependent on the, the rapport and relationship that you have already in place. Um, as to whether they would take your recommendation credibly or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have a client that literally, and she's one of my best clients, and, uh, you know, she will, I've, I know she spends, she spends probably um, 
what she spends with me, she spends three times as much on uniforms. And I've asked her for the uniform business. And and uh, she is she works with somebody who I think I think I could do a better job. I know who the, the competitor is or the supplier is, but she's loyal and I respect that. She's like, I'm not that's not that's not on the table for discussion. And so having a good enough rapport with the client to let them to for them to tell you honestly, like here's what I spend, here's if you can do it for this, I'll I'll throw the business your way, or if you know a resource versus I'm happy with this with this vendor, I'm not gonna go, don't ask, kind of a thing. So but that's really understanding the buyer and I'm sure you know, for any of, the, any of you out there that are dealing with any sort of interpersonal dynamics and stuff like that, I mean, sales is so much about understanding the buyer. And so it just may be unique to each client you're dealing with. Some may want to engage that conversation, and some may not. So, Josh? Yeah, I'm just capturing it. Yeah. Yes. Josh, how does this differ from a you know, networking programs like BNI or or the like, where there's an implicit quid pro quo, and typically coaches can do a lot more for other people than they can do for coaches. Uh, wait. So I caught the first part about the BNI, but the second part about the coaches, I'm not I'm not tracking. Can you can you ask me that question well, one more time, please? Yeah. Typically, in a BNI or or another networking organization, there's an implicit quid pro quo. You know, I connect you with people, you connect me with, with people. And it's typically work well for people who sell, you know, low-cost commodities don't work as well for things like coaching. People are hesitant or uncareful. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why this works so much better or would work so much better for coaches. Well, I think I think that uh, – uh, tell me your name again. Fred. Fred. Fred, okay. So so I've done B&I, and uh, – and um, here's here's what I what I think the difference is. When you're in BNI and you're in a group of people where you've got one one um, representative of that sector or industry or profession or whatever, if you you know you're kind of forced either you you got a good group of people if you decide you want to partner with them or not. I mean I think this is a little this is more of a vetting process where you are really partnering with best in class people that you know. Are awesome, and I think that's step number one. It's not just anybody, even me. You know, if you all wanted to partner with me, test test us out, get a sense of who we are, because it's your most important asset is your relationship to your client, and you don't want to screw that up by you know referring somebody who sucks, right? Right. So I think I think that's one thing that's different, but I also think it depends. You know, I've I've just I've been in B and I. I've seen, you know, I'm, I've, I've done a lot of different networking things, and I think you got to think a little bit outside the box. It's not just here's what I do, do here's what you do. Let me get your services in here. You got to understand your buyer. So, for example, I'm in, I'm part of the Entrepreneurs Network. Our organi- our organization here in the Washington D.C. area, we include Baltimore, is uh, 140 members. You have to own the business or be the founder of the business. You have to do at least a million dollars in revenue. The average size company is about $8 million. So, so partnering with somebody who targets this type of a demographic, who has a good reputation with this demographic, is a much better strategic um, alliance by targeting a specific kind of industry than it is just doing everything for everybody. So 
I, you know, I just think you got to be really selective both with the with the vetting process of who the partners are going to be and who they've done work with, and then you know making sure there's value add to the client to the client base that that that's yours, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Thank you. That, that's a good answer. Cool. Thanks for asking the question, Fred. I appreciate it. I'd also love to know, you know, in all your various entrepreneurial pursuits and engaging in the entrepreneur's organization as long as you have, I'd love to know what's sort of the biggest, um, I want to say lesson, but it may not be a lesson. It may be a philosophy or it may be a concept or, or just sort of a core organizing principles or what's the... If you had to look at all the lessons learned along your journey, um, and if you could say, you know, if there was this one thing that I knew earlier on in my career, if there's one thing that I now know that I would do differently next time I start a venture, what what would that be? What's sort of the your biggest aha? Oh, God. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you, know, you learned a lot of things about um, working with your brother, I know, and um, it, and then you've been on such an interesting journey of um, a number of entrepreneurial ventures, right? So what didn't you do something else after Granny's Goodies before getting into um, – yeah, well, uh, well, I've kind of done, like, different iterations of, of a, a business, kind of from one to the other to the other, kind of keep taking my clients with me. Um, you know, I think, um, I mean, I could talk a lot. There's, there are a couple of things that I, I wish I would have known early on. But I think, you know, and maybe that's what this group is about, the idea of a mastermind or just having, having somebody who's experienced, who's kind of been down the road of understanding a business model or a process or how to do the sales or the strategic alliances or what, what, whatever the different parts of the business you know, for me, I wish I had someone to hold my hand and kind of walk me through the process because I, I, I started at a young age and I just didn't have any experience or resources. And so, you know, now the reason I'm enjoying my business so much is that I'm, I'm not, like, any, like most people like I'm guessing on the phone, I'm not, I've chosen an outsourced business model because, I don't like the hassles of dealing with employees. I don't like all the things that distract me from the fun and the progress that can be made in the business I'm trying to do. And so I like to partner and work with best-in-class consultants or strategic alliance partners who are smart and motivated, who I can learn from and they can learn from me, and we can kind of collaborate to get things done. And... uh, to me, that all ties in with an outsourced model, whether it's throwing orders over the fence to someone who's really good at customer service and order processing, or whether it's throwing web development over the fence to somebody who just you know, knows how to build an a, a e-commerce site or a WordPress site. So um, outsourcing has been a, a huge lesson learned. Um, and if I could say one thing to couple that with the cash flow opportunities that can be had. So for our business, we actually 
get paid on the book sale, not on the collected sale, which is a big deal, and most of our competitors don't. So usually when you're in a sales position in, the, in, in our space, you get paid when the company gets paid. In fact, you've got to get involved to collect money, which if you've ever done – we all have done sales because we all in our businesses. You know like that's such a drag. That's such an energy drag. And so to focus my energies on the things that I love to do and outsource the things that I don't has really made me more creative and energized and happy and I think eventually more successful. Yeah, that's great. And I'm uh, wondering if you want to share with people, well, not only a final thought or two, but also how we can find out more. Um, I'm going to go ahead and post on the Facebook page, the Leading Coaches Center Facebook page, how people could become an affiliate of the Swag Coach um, and if they want to add Swag Coach to license their business. So I'll go ahead and post those links for everybody now. But if you want to tell us um, where can we learn more about you, how can we find more? Sure. That'd be great. Well, for starters, I'm you know I'm I'm constantly learning myself, so uh, I'm I don't profess to know it all. I don't, not even close. But I've learned a lot about sales over the years and uh, through in business just through hard knocks learning. And so I'm happy to be a resource to anybody if you have a question or you or or you know need a resource to something. I'm like I said, and I like I mean, I know just a ton of entrepreneurs actually around the world at this point who own like amazing small businesses and things like that. And I'm happy to share any experience I have around the topic if, if I have experience there. Um, our, our affiliate program is it's pretty easy. It's run through ShareASale, and all you got to do is on our website, um, there's a link, and it, at the very top of onsellepromos.com, it says, um, uh, looking to sell swag. I think that's what it says. And um, uh, yeah, it says looking to sell swag. If you click on it, there's there's two little pop-ups. One says as a career. The other one says as a hobby. And I think, uh, Susie, I, I sent you that link for the as a hobby. The as a hobby, you basically just sign up for, uh, for the affiliate program that way. And then if you're interested in learning more about the opportunity or you know people that are as a career, it will take you to swagcoach.com and, and tell you a little bit more about our program. Um, and tell you a little bit more about our program. Yep, and I've posted both of those on the Facebook page too, so people can just click right through. And what's okay. the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, email is usually pretty good. I'm, I'm fairly responsive. Um, I, if you want to email me, uh, josh at swagcoach.com. That works. Okay. And, um, you know, one, one thing I, I do, and I don't know if this would be a little takeaway tool, um, we use LinkedIn a ton. And I don't know if, um, if that's a tool that everybody uses or not. It's not just about connecting with people. It's about seeing who they're connected to and then asking for those introductions. And by simply asking your clients what, who are the types of people that they're buying products or services from because you've got that relationship, you could connect with those people through LinkedIn and share best practices. You're selling to the same buyer. You're in non-competitive businesses. And really learn about ways to, to capitalize or how each other capitalizes on that existing relationship. 
almost like a best practice sharing across multiple, you know, trades. And sometimes, you know, that proves to be highly effective, especially as you're trying to figure out what other opportunities there are with an existing client. Then the other side of it is to understand who your client knows or is connected with within their own company or at other companies who fit the same profile who then you could be introduced to, to to bring on new clients. Oh, that's great. That's excellent. I've never thought to use LinkedIn that way. Normally I just collect people and see who they're connected to, and I often help connect other people up. But um, that's a very clever application of LinkedIn. And you find that people are willing to engage in those conversations about sharing best practices just because it's usually a non-competitive relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like if, if someone approached you and said, hey, look, I know you, you know, uh, you're, I, again, I don't know who your clients are, but let's say, you, you know, you coach Ted Leonsis. And, you know, so I like, oh, I know you coach Ted, so do I. I would love to share some best practices around this and maybe talk about, you know, him or whatever and some of the other opportunities. You know, and you're you're gonna know that that person probably coaches people or works with people that you don't, and those same people could be potential clients of yours. So, right. the opportunity to connect with them, I would think, would be, you know, the interest would be fairly high. Um, I would think, but you know, for me, if I'm adding revenue streams, I'm looking for things that were best in class, where I don't have to do anything other than make the connection. I can trust that I've vetted that relationship and I know that company or service is going to do an amazing job for my client, and I can then just kind of just keep my finger on the pulse but not really be involved and make money on the side. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love it. Well, I noticed that we're, um, we're at the last minute, so I want to just open it up and see if anyone else has any um, questions or final requests for Josh. Hi, this is Janice, and I just wanted to say thank you very much. I really appreciated the conference call. I'm just trying to um, figure out maybe the best way that it relates to uh, what I'm trying to do, so I may um, shoot you an email. Great. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, and I took a ton of notes on the Leading Coaches Center Facebook page, so you guys can look there, and we'll get the recording posted. Um, as soon as possible. And Josh, thank you so much for your time today and for just the richness of your experience and being so open and willing to share that with us. I know I learned a ton, and I really appreciate your being with us today. Cool. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. And everybody, thanks thank for you. being here. And um, I'll let you know when the next uh, Mastermind call is. I don't think we have it scheduled yet, but we're, look, we're looking at one um, later in August. So thank you, right. everybody. Thanks have again, Susie. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, everybody. Take care.